Hello, my friend. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Back to Me podcast. And today, one of my favorite topics, we are talking work-life balance, and I'm chatting with Teresa Yu. And um, yes, a great conversation. If you are working in the corporate world, we have lots of ideas for you to help you manage the challenges of um, getting the life that you want. And of course, Maybe you don't know this. Part that's also part of what I do. The Thriving Life Method is available to help you really dial in and get the life that you want. We we go through three months of step by step strategies and visualizations and get you on track to your perfect life. So if you are interested, check the website. Send me a DM send me a message. I would love to have a chat with you to talk about how it can help you. Enjoy the episode, my friends. Take care. We'll see you soon. Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, back to me, then you can take better care of others and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way and I am super happy that you're here. Hello, my friend. Welcome. Have I hope you're having an outstanding day. This Welcome back to another episode. It's the Back to Me podcast. Yay! And um, today I am talking to a yet another awesome human being. And today, you know, this is one of my favorite topics because I talk about it a lot. Let's just say maybe a bit of overkill. Maybe you're sick of it. But now I have someone else who's going to talk about it. So it's not all me. Today I am talking to Teresa Yu, who is the founder and coach of Healthonology. And we're talking work-life balance, among other things. But, you know, work, life, they're things. We've got to deal with them. So welcome, Teresa. I'm so glad you could make it and you that you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yes, I do talk about work-life balance a lot, but I think that it's pretty prevalent in everyone's lives that they have to have jobs. For most of us have to have jobs too to live. But before we start, I'm always really curious about how this came about, how you developed this idea to coach people and your, your business health analogy, how that grew, where that came from. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good question, Heather. And health analogy is just something that I, I coined. So, um, I am about all things health, and I really think that the different pillars of health, um, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, nutrition, mental, they're all really linked, especially in work-life balance. So I decided to name my company Healthonology because all of the things are linked, even if it's career um, and health, for example, you know that's all still linked. Your physical health ties into your career, into your emotional health, um, and so on. So that's really where the name came from. And it really boils down to lots of personal experience with 
working in, you know, corporate environments, working in different places too, government, nonprofits, for-profit companies, um, seeing how people really struggle with communication barriers, with, um, you know, really just managing their life in general. They might have lots of work to do at home, but really they want to go back and see their spouse and they want to see their friends and they complain they have no life, but then again, they don't know how to manage their productivity. Um, all of that is are all the things that I live for and all the things that I teach. Right. And do you, do, have you found it's gotten worse over the last few years with all this kind of working from home, hybrid working? Do you find people are having a harder time separating those things out? You know, it's, it's interesting. I think at the very beginning of um, when we had our pandemic and people started normalizing remote working, it was worse. Um, lots of folks didn't know how to manage work and life. They didn't know that turning off their devices um, was boundary management. And really just cutting off that tether is so important to your work-life balance and your mental health and just giving you more time for yourself, you know, just giving yourself that self-care that you need. So there is a lot of boundary management there at the very beginning. Now that it's normalized, I don't typically see it as much. Lots of people have found their own routines in remote work now, which is really great. It's really awesome. Um, lots of people have found it to be an awesome perk to work from home um, and to be able to do both simultaneously. So it is a very awesome shift, I think. Right. I, I love working from home. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no more trying to commute or do any of those things. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I can like, and I guess so, maybe some people are better at that discipline of separating um and you know i'm working now i'm not working now i i can just remember when um and if i had to do an online course i i was not i was better if i was in the room and engaged so and you had mentioned communication um because communication is, we think of businesses as these big block entities and yes, they're filled with people, but we forget that it's, it's actually just a bunch of people. And um, I know of, I, I have a coaching client who one of the challenges is that they are remote from the rest of the team and the communication that happens on a casual basis isn't happening. Um, mm -hmm. So do you, do you have strategies to help people with that kind of, you know, keeping that those communication lines working when you're not there? Yeah, and it's an interesting concept because it's very different for each person while that there, you know, there are disciplines that we can all take on for remote work and communication, for example, um, sending routine emails, having regular check-ins, one-on-one um, -on -one check ins uh, doesn't have to be with your manager, but you know, really someone who's on the team. Um, those are all different strategies that 
we can take on as professionals to communicate with each other, be in the loop, and everyone is on the same page. Um, at the same time, it is really hard when you don't see the other person because for the most part, you're operating behind a screen. Um, sometimes even when you're remote, uh, you, people may not have their cameras on and reading that body language is hard just through a phone call versus being on camera and then of course being in person. So, you know, some of those strategies really have to come down to um, being really clear in your written communication and in your um, your voice, your, your phone communication. So being really objective when you talk to somebody, um, not beating around the bush for anything. Um, some of us want to talk around the water cooler and there's a time and a place for that, of course. Um, you can definitely set up meetings where you can talk water cooler talk like that. Um, you know, that's that's always advised. Um, but at the same time, you know, in terms of getting your work done, it all has to be really clear and really objective when you're um, looking to kind of get that work completed and on time. Right. And I do. Um, there are it's interesting. You're talking about being clear and concise. And um, I know some people have a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and mm -hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's a personality <laughs> thing where I, I'm the type of person who just says it. Dun, 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 dun. And then yeah. there's the type of people who talk and talk and I, 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 I fully own that sometimes I lose track of what they're talking about. So, yeah. and the communication, I mean, communication is so key for everything in life, work, home, everything. Um, so, when, so are you, so you're working with individuals or with businesses? I can't remember. I work with individuals. Um, if, you know, a business opportunity comes up, you know, we would really be evaluating that contract to see if my needs can fit theirs. Most of the time it's leadership training, um, going through modules, you know, going through concepts and things like that. Um, I like to focus on professionals, whether that's leadership or not. It could be an individual contributors who are looking for a little professional and personal development. Um, so really all, all, all of those types of people are people that I, I, I've worked with. Um, but I, I like, I, I like working with individuals because Man, that is that is where you get the stories and the gold. <laughs> and that's I find working with individuals, you you accelerate the impact and you can accelerate their results because mm -hmm. it's just they get that focus and that one-on-one. -on -one. Although that's funny because we were when we were talking and you said you had a, a guide on how to deal with micromanagers. When your coach is working with you one on one, it's not micromanaging, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, your coach is your coach is there to help you, and you know, I mean, really, my approach is um, you give me the information, and I will coach you on how to figure out the situation. Everyone is different, 
everyone has different situations and unique scenarios. So, so you, what's an example yeah. of something that you, that like people would come to you with? Um, so in terms of dealing with your micromanaging boss, um, in that specific scenario, it's mostly, um, you know, people don't see eye to eye with their manager. So again, it's that communication part where they expect that their manager does X when they, they're doing Y. Like, for example, um, your manager approves of you to get a higher education degree, like maybe an MBA or a master's, which is great. And that could mean that they're a great manager on one regard to someone else. But for another person, um, it might not look the same way, like they may not appreciate it the same way. Um, and vice versa. So it's really all about managing expectations. Right. As well. Again, it's that communication, like, how are they micromanaging you? Are they looking over your assignments because they're insecure? Or are they looking over it because you made a lot of mistakes in the past? Right. Right. So there, there's a little bit of um, that disconnect as well that some people don't see. But when you have someone go over it with you, it does become mm -hmm. a lot clearer. Um, really, the whole focus is that you want to control what you can control. Um, we call it inner locus of control. So, you know, most people just want to blame their boss or like their colleagues or whatever. Um, and there's a time and place for that. But we teach, hey, you know, you can only control what you can control. And this is what you can do. Right. Yeah. The corporate world, such a crazy place. Um, it's interesting. I was just thinking about um, like when you are dealing with bosses who are micromanagers, <laughs> maybe. Mm -hmm. So you have, I'm going to let the, the audience know that, yes, I'm going to post in the show notes. There's a download where you can um, grab the how to guide on how to deal with your micromanager. But um, yeah. maybe you, we need a guide on how to stop being a micromanager. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and there's, there is a trust and there is a communication. And do you find that when you're, so you're helping people find a work-life balance somehow within what they're doing. And yeah. I know we've been talking a lot about communication, but do you find there's other no commonalities that people have to sort through to find a place where they're satisfied with that balance? Um, in the most part, yes. I think the balance is different for everyone. And what I, what I mean by work-life balance is it's comfortable for you and what looks like for one person doesn't look like for another. So for example, um, you could work 12 hours a day. Some nurses will work 12 hours a day and they won't burn out. They'll feel rejuvenized. They'll feel like they've helped like you know, 20 people out today and that really fuels their fire. They know that that is something that they love doing and they're really fulfilled. So that's why they have that balance. And then when they go home, they reflect on how much impact that they've had to the world. Um, 
and you know that works for them but it doesn't work for everyone right so you know again going back to corporate office you could work maybe like seven hours a day and go to back-to-back -back meetings and barely have time for lunch and that totally drains out your energy it doesn't feed you at all and you're not fulfilled um so if you're in that place that is somewhere you know somewhere in there something has to change uh because what you're doing is not something that you're happy with um it's really important to find that fulfillment in order to kind of get the balance you're looking for so you're look you're looking at work-life balance more as what you're doing energizes you versus drains the life out of you and yeah I absolutely right I think that's part of it every it, it's different for every person oh and yeah it's I mean that's why there's so many professions right and yeah, yeah. hours is it is not relevant. I mean, I used to work corporate and I would work really long days. And uh, I mean, I left corporate. So obviously, obviously I didn't love it. And now mm -hmm. I will work all day and into the night and I feel fabulous because of what I do. But it is very, it's a different energy behind it. And, yes. um, you know, I think about coaches who do that? You have to work till your eyeballs bleed. I'm like, that's that doesn't sound like a good strategy to me. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. <laughs> he's a pretty big name in coaching, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, he's a work till your eyeballs bleed guy. Um, I'm not doing that, and I would never encourage anyone to do that because I am a huge fan of making sure your life is in balance and you are healthy and you have that energy to bring to whatever you want to bring it to, right? Maybe if you are living that life that you really want, your work is something that actually is part of what you want to do with your life, like what you want to contribute. So like you, you are a coach for helping people get more balanced. And I'm sure that's like something you love doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I figured out a long time ago that helping people fuels my energy. Um, I, I love doing it and um, I'm a problem solver as well. Like solving, solving a problem really is satisfying to me. Um, especially, you know, like different challenges and things like that. Now, you know, I, I kind of just coach people on fulfillment and, you know, career and work-life balance and health and all of that. But um, with that comes with another set of challenges, which is dealing with people. Right. right? <laughs> and that, that to me is um, really, I think really like the hardest challenges because people are hard and there's so many different ways you can go. Um, but that's really based on my own creative genius. And I love being creative and I love um, doing that. So, yeah. Right. I was, I was, I can't remember if I was reading something or listening to a podcast. It was one of those, you can't be responsible for someone else's path, but you can help illuminate for them. Right. Absolutely. 
And I was actually the right before this, I was the meeting I told you that I was in, he made a comment that was humans won't do anything unless there's a consequence. So, <laughs> so um, if you are unhappy, you and you want balance in your life and you want to have more joy, then how it's like comparing the consequence of doing something versus not doing something. You can yeah. decide to stay there and the consequences you're staying in whatever the crap is that you're sitting in. If you yeah. decide to change something, um, the consequences, something's going to change and you don't know what it's going to be, but mm -hmm. heck, maybe it'll be better. Do you find that you have people who resist trying to make those changes? A hundred percent. Yeah. People want to do what they know. And that's completely fine, you know, if, they, if that's the choice that they make. Right. And, you know, I don't bash anyone for staying, you know, in the whatever crap that they're doing right now. Of course, if they want to stay there and not do anything and completely just continue to be unhappy, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So, um, you know, I say, well, how, what can I help you with? Right. And then you move on from there. Um, but really people who seek change are very interested in doing different things. They're interested in different opportunities, even things that they've probably never, ever thought of before. Um, and part of that experience is me going to them and, you know, even suggesting something, sometimes they know in the back of their head what they need to do. They just don't want to do it because they're afraid of what's on the other side. Like you said, it's, um, you know, you, you, you don't know um, what's there that, you know, when they take that leap and part of it is just encouraging them to just go for it and see where it takes them. Well, and I think that's part of the, I see it part of the role of coaching. I mean, I find often the person knows what they need, what, what maybe they don't have a, a strategy for it, but they, they often know the direction they want to go or the direction they should be going. And there is that fear of the, of what would happen if I change things, you know, mm -hmm. what happens if I mix things up and I see that coach coaches there just to like try to hold try to hold the boat steady while they kick out from the shore. It's like, it's okay. If you fall, yeah. I've got it. It's good. We got this. We got this. I'm here for the support team. And sometimes that's the only way people can make that change, right? Is to have right. someone in their corner. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think we've all been there before. We've been very hesitant to make the leap. Um, you know, I've had uh, plenty of mentors, coaches in my life that have encouraged me to do things I have never thought about doing. And really, it's about knowing your strengths sometimes in the career world, too. Um, it's about, hey, maybe the role that you have isn't a good fit for you right now. And you're unhappy. I can see that. So what are some other things that, you know, you're interested in and we can do, and maybe we can help you go and look for those opportunities as well. So sometimes we'll, we'll do that too. Right. And I know that sometimes people will start on a path to, this is my career path. This is what I want. And it's not even always their path that's been chosen for them. 
and they get partway yes. through it and they don't like it, but they feel committed. No, I, I have to keep going. Instead of just pulling the chute and changing directions, right? It's funny. I am a, a leap off the ledge kind of girl. I'm a pull the band-aid mm -hmm. off. Whoosh, and uh, <laughs> it's just like, and then I just figure out what's the consequences after. But I know that a lot of people, that's just, that's not going to be them. And I would never ask someone to, to take the actions that I've taken because it would freak a lot of people out. But having seen that on the other side, you actually are still there. Everything is still okay. You know, the world hasn't ended. The, you know, the universe didn't collapse because you changed something. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I feel like that's part of our role is to show them that the other side is not necessarily going to be bad. It could be worse. It's funny that we go to the, I'm afraid to change, but the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. And it, it depends. Um, it depends too for, for some of those people, um, that are very hesitant to change. They don't want to rip the bandaid off. They're too scared. Again, that's their choice and I honor it. Um, I would never tell anyone, hey, you know, just, <laughs> you know, rip the bandaid off, <laughs> um, you know, because it's uncomfortable. It's too far in their um, comfort zone to right. have them kind of think what would happen to them. So then we just kind of go slowly um, and that's completely fine with them if that's what they want to choose as well. Um, I, I do, I do usually tell my clients though, um, whatever you choose on the other side, for the most part, it will be 50, 50. So you could be dealing with a manager right now. You could be dealing with, um, corporate issues right now. That is a problem, but it doesn't mean when you go to the other side where you think the grass is greener, that you won't have problems there either. So. Right. Everywhere you go, there's going to be people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there's going to be personalities. Yeah. I've had, I, I've moved around enough and had enough roles and volunteer work and my own business that everywhere you go, there's personalities and, yeah. um, back to the beginning, the communication really is what's going to help you in the end. Yes. And just knowing that everyone is, if you can get to a place where I feel like the, whether you have your own business or you're doing volunteer work or you're in a job that if you're in a place where there's a vision bigger than just, I'm going to work, I'm pushing paper. Uh, so like the, the vision of the company or the vision of the department right. or the vision of the manager. And if all of the people involved can be in with that same vision and it's something that everybody is on board with, right? If you don't believe in the vision of your company, you're not going to be happy and you're not going to interact well and it's going to be a crappy experience. But if you can find a place that you like working and you like the people, then that's going to help. But it's true. Everywhere you go, if you change positions, if you change jobs, if you change careers, you're still going to have people, right? Yep. Absolutely. 100% <laughs> agree. Um, learning how to communicate with 
different communication styles is definitely key. Learning um, how to, you know, someone's body language, learning their tone um, and what that signifies is really key. And it's all about just building relationships. Do you have strategies people. for that? Because so much is on Zoom now. Like, I are you working remotely or live? Uh, remote. Right. So Zoom calls, you see, depends on where the person sits, <laughs> you know, so much of a person. And body right. language, I've, I've found, um, I found when COVID first came, part of my frustration, which I didn't realize right away, was masks. Beca and it wasn't because mm. I was, didn't think they worked and I wanted to get sick. It was because I felt like I couldn't see part of the communication that I needed to see. Mm. And, um, the, and then zoom came, at least we had the masks off, but, um, you can only see so much of someone and that body language is very interesting. So uh, do you help your clients with strategies for figuring out how to tell what's going on with someone if they have their camera on, I guess? Yeah, for remote work, um, it is tricky. And it's so working remotely and on Zoom um, are, are kind of separate things with the work-life balance, but I do offer it as kind of like on the side or, or a bonus if anyone was interested in learning more about that. And what I typically teach is um, you want to first know, like know the topic that, so again, the objective piece, you want to have an agenda, you want to know what you're going to talk about, um, and you want to stay on that agenda, right? Like no one, no one wants like an hour long meeting where you talk about nothing and nothing gets accomplished. Been like, there, done that. That. <laughs> that, that's going to piss a few people off, whether you're on Zoom camera or not. Um, and you could definitely, you know, see people kind of like shifting in their chairs, like their eyes kind of like glaze over or <laughs> like. You can tell they're or, reading emails. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, you you know, you can kind of see that they may not be paying attention, especially if it's a really large um, meeting with a lot of people. Right. So for those smaller um, kind of touch base meetings where you have your camera on. Um, most people are engaged. Of course, you want to communicate general um, meeting guidelines and agendas. So there's meeting rules that people usually establish at the very beginning. So that's things like, hey, you know, like no texting or calling during a during um, a, a meeting like this. Um, you know, not checking your emails, um, having something that you want to contribute to the group. Um, sometimes um, is encouraged as well. So you want to have those meeting roles ahead of time, as well as meeting notes. Um, so those are all things that you could do objectively. Now, the soft skill side, um, you could, if it's on camera, of course, uh, if it's a phone call, that's different. But if it's on camera, um, generally, you want to just kind of pay attention to each person on the call and get them involved. Um, if you see someone's eyes glaze over and there's, I think there's a view on like Zoom or Teams or whatever, where you can see everybody at the same time with like little small rectangular <laughs> squares. Um, you know, we all try our best. 
but <laughs> you see someone kind of glaze over, get them involved with um, the meeting, like ask open-ended questions. Um, that's part of being a really great facilitator. Right. Um, which is a skill in itself. Um, but, you know, it's just little things like that. If people have to have bathroom, if it's a long hour long meeting, half bathroom break, um, do something like polls, or quizzes, or generally for calls like that, right. um, anything that's interactive really all helps get the mood going. And that's all about the relationship building part as well. So um, while you can sit in a meeting and be unproductive and talk about nothing, you could definitely integrate some of those strategies to make people more engaged. So they're not kind of like, you know, just glazing over and right. doing something else. I actually am connected <laughs> with a woman on LinkedIn who brings things like games into teams to help them yeah. um, become more cohesive as a group. And I think that's an awesome strategy. Mm -hmm. And I had a quick thought that I just had a flashback to a meeting that a live meeting I was at in corporate and you, and it is hard to keep, keep people engaged sometimes if, you know, it's a very dry subject and I can just remember, and don't do this to your staff. At one point I was, just not there and mm -hmm. my boss saw it and asked me a question to make a point that I wasn't paying attention I was like don't, uh, call, don't call someone out just no. you know it's like I had to go I wasn't listening <laughs> could you repeat that <laughs> right now he yeah. was my micromanager so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I we don't ever suggest calling anyone out um you know, and I think a little bit of empathy goes a long way. You know, a lot of people don't prefer being on video camera. It's not comfortable for a lot of folks. Um, some people are just not care like camera focused. Like, you know, right. like some of us just was not born with the camera like in front of your face right. right so it takes a little it takes a little bit of um practice there for some people and you know um so, some other folks may have other things going on in their life where they could be extra tired and you know and you could like see someone like sleeping and like trying to wake up or like someone with their coffee you know or um you know those are all cues that that you could pick up where they may not be the candidate to kind of call on um there's also time zones okay oh, yeah. like, i know that we haven't touched on that but there's also different time zones where you have to be mindful of people's schedules um, I'm, you know, on West coast, so Pacific, and there's some people who may be on Eastern. There's some that may be, um, international, right. That you kind of have to factor yeah. in as well. Yeah. So I, I had a client in Australia for a while that was challenging yeah. mm -hmm. and now Pakistan, I'm like, what time zone is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> but that's, but I mean, it's all. So we are talking very corporate, but it all just also relates to just life, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, like I belong to clubs that haven't been meeting in live for a while. And uh, 
their Zoom meetings and, you know, you can have 60 people in a room and how do you keep 60 people engaged in a meeting that can have dry spots in it? So, but they're all like such good strategies. So, so thank you so much for that. That's, I'm going to, I've been writing notes while we've been talking. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> Well, no, right away. I mean, I rewatch this on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, feel free to take whatever um, you can take. Yeah, and um, I I am going to include the the can, how people can connect with you in the show notes and make sure that they can reach out to you and grab the guide on how to deal with micromanaging micromanagers and um, uh, invite people to connect with you and follow you. And before we go, though, I um, would love if you could give a final word of wisdom. Sure. Um, I think the main, the main issue that most people have when they come to me is that um, they want to be fulfilled in their job and their life and they want everything balanced right away, um, which is a very ambitious goal. Um, not to say, you know, not to poo poo on that either. I'm, I'm very ambitious. I totally wanted that early on in my career. Um, but what I think, what, what most people find when they kind of go on this journey of self-discovery and career development and personal development is that um, balance is one thing, but you have to know your priorities too. So most people come to me for any sort of career advice, um, but you also have to keep in mind of your priorities. And while with a little bit of digging, most people just want to be with their family. Right. Um, so I would say know your priorities first, start from there, and then make decisions after um, would be my strategy because um, people want more money, they want a higher position in their career. That's what a lot of people want. They want balance, of, of course, but really your priority is being with your family. So make sure that your life revolves around that. Right. So that would be my advice. That's perfect. <laughs> I love it. That's what I tell people to do. So right. Yahoo, right. we're on the same page. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of your awesome wisdom and knowledge. I totally appreciate You're you welcome. joining us. Thank you. And my friends out in podcast land, if you're struggling, you know what to do. Reach out and get some help because Teresa, all the coaches, they just want to help you, right? We just want to help you guys have an awesome life. So click like, click subscribe, share with your friends, and of course, connect with Teresa. And we will see you next time, my friends. Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like, like helping others, please feel free to share this. Just give it a like, 
give it a comment. If you found something useful in it, there's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help. You can email me at heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, you can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one. (laughs) If you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.